and welcome back to another episode of the HR Hustle, a podcast powered by Charlton Morris and covering all things people in HR. I'm Rebecca Cook. And I'm Chris Holland. And today we're speaking with Sarah Lawton, HR Change Director for the Consumer Division at BT. Yeah, change is a, a universal thing that every company goes through, but it's it's rare, if ever, that, that people pay any attention to the actual process of change itself. So listening to someone like Sarah speak is, is going to be really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Sarah's an expert within change management at BT, so I think let's get into it and hear what she's got to say about the process. Sarah, thanks very much for, for joining us today. Your time is is massively appreciated um, by us, us both, and we're going to talk about all things change management. But to kick us off, do you want to give us a little bit of an introduction to, to yourself? Tell us a little bit about what, what you do. Yeah, I'd love to, and thanks for having me. So my name's Sarah Lawton, and I lead all of the change programmes for consumer HR at BT. So in our bit of the business, that's for about 20,000 people across our retail stores, contact centres, and then all of our corporate and support roles as well. Wow. Um, So that's a a, a huge operation then, managing all of those people. Yeah, Yeah, just a bit. (laughs) You must be busy. Very busy. Very enjoyable, though. Yeah, good, good. Um, and so I suppose for, for people listening to this, probably everybody will have been through some sort of change management program, um, whether they've done it, calling it a change management program or identified it as that, or there's just something that's changed that they've had to adapt with. But I suppose to kick us off, it'd be great to get your perspective on like what what is change management? What is what is involved in the, the role? And for me, it's really about having an approach that sits behind any business's change that's taken place. So that could be models that you use or or different approaches. So you've got a methodical way of going through change to really land it in the best possible way. Right. Okay. And and, and so you you don't want it to be for surprises, basically. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Which is what people would associate with change. Yeah. You want to take people with you on the journey and and, um, have it really well thought through, you know, thinking through the challenges you're going to face along the way um, and yeah just having a little bit of rigor around how you do that and what why would you say it's important for HR to be involved in a change management strategy or even in the heart of it I think it's so important to have HR involved and as early as you possibly can I think HR are the people that will always be thinking about the colleague experience our people now everybody in the business should be thinking about that um, absolutely everybody but it, it, it's really HR that bring that to the table and then also really assess the impact you know think through what you're doing and think about the impact from a people perspective um, and I always talk about having that people lens on any change that we're making I think it's really important that HR have got strong relationships in the business and you work closely we're connected so people bring us in up front it's um it's so important that people see the benefit of that, of having, you know, just as you'd have the customer lens on what you're doing, it's so important that all the way through that, you've got the people lens. I suppose it'd be good to know from your perspective what what kind of happens if you're not involved HR in a change management strategy. And this does happen, right, for lots of reasons. Um I sometimes think it's a little bit harder to catch up, um, to understand everything that's happened on the journey. You can be asking a lot of questions of things that have potentially already been worked through. So I think it's just seeing that journey all the way through. And also, I think you can have obstacles come up that if everyone's been involved from the beginning, you can work together in in stopping those barriers happening. 
but what do you think HR specific role is in change management? I think HR specific role is really to think through the impacts on people and colleague experience. Um, you know, that that's the lens HR will bring to it, whatever the change is. And, and that could be a, a small change that's happening to customers, or that could be a really big change where you reorganize in an organization that has a huge people impact. But it, it's bringing, I suppose, the, the people expertise, the legal expertise, the comms, the training, and thinking about all those different things that need to happen to land change brilliantly. Uh, I think that's interesting. You know, you mentioned there um, about whether it be a small change or a massive organisational change mm. or that. I mean, what what sorts of, of projects or examples would, would you, I suppose, class as needing someone like yourself to step in or needing a, I suppose, what's the like entry level of change that needs to have proper change management approaches attached to it? Yeah, I think if you're looking at proper change management disciplines and models, then, I mean, for us, it tends to be a big change that's hitting the whole of our consumer area or it's hitting the whole of BT. Then you'd have more of a tight rigor around how you're managing that change. Um, but, but in my bit of the business, you know, you've got you've got the change team leading change, but you've also got HR partners and different HR specialists that will be involved in different parts of it. Um, and, and I think they can be involved in in very small ways or, or very big ways. It's just bringing um, I suppose that expertise that you have about the area you support into every program you land. So even if it's just like a, even if it's a, a temperature checking exercise where you know you're going to them and they're saying, you know, how do you think people really at this? What what should we say around from a messaging perspective? What you know, how do we get through yeah. that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, really, you know, it can be really simple, just a, a check in on on a small piece of work that's being landed. And and so in in the early stages of a. a a change or change management like what mm. what do you need to get right early doors i think one of the most important things um is being clear on what the problem statement is and what you're trying to fix and believe it or not this is the one thing i think people get most wrong i think quite often um people would have thought of a problem but they very very quickly go into that solution focus and and how do you fix it and before you know it They've forgotten what the actual problem was. So quite often people would come to me or my team um, with almost a solution built um, and we'll really try and strip it back to what the actual problem statement is and then bring the right people together to try and come up with the right solutions. Quite often I think we see we see um, solutions out there or initiatives, but they're not actually fixing the real problem that, that they had at the start. And would that so you'd would you literally take the time to to write a problem statement and a bit of a document? Ideally, yeah. And look, we're in the real world, right? If every time somebody phoned me, somebody phoned me last week if, with an issue, and I was struggling to get my head around a little bit what it was they were trying to do, or or the solution they come to me with was something I didn't think we could necessarily do. So I was trying to strip it back. I'm not going to sit there and go, right, let's write it down. But it's just asking those right questions and really trying to get to the crux of the issue, and then and then make sure we're really um, landing the right things to make it work. I think you've always got something to refer back to as well, I suppose. To, to, yeah, definitely. To yeah. I think, yeah, as things evolve, I think it's, you very quickly can forget what it was you were originally trying to do. And sometimes that's right. Sometimes you've got to evolve as you're moving along, but being able to go back to that problem statement and check it is really important. And I, I know sometimes when we have a bigger project that we're doing, 
you might have some principles that you actually are sitting there and saying, these are the things we want to achieve. This is we want to come back. This is what we want to come back and test it against. And that's really helpful, right? Because you know if that solution you're building is actually um, achieving the things you want it to achieve. I think it's really important to, to build solutions bottom up and not top down as well. I think, um, you know, people are at the heart of anything you're trying to fix and often have the answers and, and really listening to people, listening to customers, bringing teams across organisations, bringing different people together. That for me is um, really helpful when you're problem solving or, or working on big change. I think it's really interesting what you, you were saying then about that problem statement, because I think it, it is all too easy to just kind of jump to finding a solution immediately, isn't it? Um, when you're talking about getting people involved, is it at that point when you would kind of take a step back and determine who are the right people to engage? Or would you just look to engage people across the spectrum kind of externally and internally? Because I'm just thinking about certain, certain situations where are you at danger of involving the wrong people if you just rush into it? Yeah, I think you have got to step back and really think about it. It's interesting you mentioned external there. I think it's so important to do um, that external research. And there's so much out there these days, you know, podcasts like this, um, so many papers and reports really looking at what other people are doing. Um, internally for me it's always about trying to have a cross-section of the people you have working for you whether that's roles or from my diversity perspective um, yeah really making sure you're capturing lots of different opinions I mean we have our colleague boards which I find really helpful here um, and we'll often use our colleague boards to go and test with them some of the changes or to, to bring them in. What's a what's a colleague board? So we've got a few different colleague boards. We've got colleague boards where um, we would um, consult with them on any changes that we're making, but also um, test with them. So it's agreed that we'd meet up monthly. They'll bring business problems to the table with solutions and it'd be a group of people we'd go and test um yeah, test any changes with. And then um, at BT, we also have um, our different diversity boards Um which are fantastic in um, really driving their own agendas and, and focusing on diversity and inclusion. And again, it, it's a two-way thing. They're bringing change to the table and bringing problems and um, solutions to the table, but they're great boards for us to go and talk to and to really test our business ideas with. That's, that's a really interesting idea. I think that's something that um, I'm sure people could take a lot away from. So a colleague, so and would they be representing different departments or different product areas? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you can cut it any which way. I mean, the way we've always done it is having different roles, um, different levels of roles, making sure you've got somebody from each team. So each team's got representation, but also it's somebody that can bring the ideas of their full team. Um, so it's, it's a great way of doing colleague listening. So when, you know, these, some of these processes and, and, and change management projects, you know, whether it's a new bit of technology or an acquisition or something like that, I suppose it can be, it can be a really long process, can't it? Yeah. How do you keep people interested? Yeah, <laughs> difficult on that. I, I think going back to 
being clear on what you're trying to fix is really important when it's a, a long a long project or the scope of what you're doing and what's in scope and out of scope because that can evolve over time. But but back to that question you actually asked about um, keeping people interested. I think it's having a story and a narrative, so a real um, pitch on what you're doing and why you're doing it. And that needs to be simple. That needs to be really simple. Um, and I also think it needs to have a hook. I've sat there with programs where you could, you know, you could probably have 50 reasons why you're doing it. And it's about breaking that down. What are the top three reasons and what's the hook for people in really buying into that change? And I've, I've seen um, teams I've worked with by, um, work through some really, really difficult changes in a business. But actually, when you get that story and that narrative and that hook right, that's what helps people through it. That's what people come back and say to you, help them, because they, they despite how they might have personally been feeling about a change, they got it. They understood from a customer perspective or a business perspective why it was being done. I think um, also thinking through the impacts and, and treating people as individuals, um, you know, thinking, how would I want to be treated? And for me, that's if we're doing something that impacts five people or we're doing something that impacts 5,000 people, really understanding how it impacts them. And again, thinking how you lead through that change, um, you know, lead led all the way through them being able to talk to their manager all those things are really important and how early on do you recommend or would you suggest kind of engaging with people or would you say from right at the beginning or would you say that it would be when it's thought out a little bit more I think that depends what kind of change it is. And, you know, sometimes if it's a, a big business thing you're doing, you might not be able to speak to many people up front. It might be that that's got to be a little bit confidential. But my experience is the sooner you can start to bring people in, and I think you build it up over time, you know, you have that plan of who are the key people you need to bring in. And then over time, bring more and more people in until you've got everybody on the journey with you. I'm a strong believer in change really being led by, I say leader led, but people want to talk to their manager. They don't necessarily want to talk to somebody three or four layers of the organisation. It's that person they deal with day in, day out. And I think having that um, whenever you're delivering change, that plan of how you really make sure every layer of the organisation understands it at the right time and is able to support their people through it. Yeah. And, and in terms of that engagement, I'm just thinking when you're saying that that's something that I know that we've, you know, discussed in the past about trying to engage those different levels and making sure that people are hearing from their manager where possible. How do you, coming back to that engagement though, how do you measure the engagement and can you measure it? I think um, engagement overall is a good indication of how well you land in change. Um, in our surveys, um, we do actually ask people how well they think change is managed. Um, so that's a great indicator for us. I, I think it's a really good question you touch upon. And again, with any project at the beginning, we try and step back and think about how are we going to measure success of this? How, how are we going to understand if this has gone well or, or not gone well? And quite often when we're talking about people things, 
they don't always feel as easy to put a measure on or a metric on, but there are definitely ways and means of, of seeing it throw, flow through to business performance. I also think, um, you know, speaking to people, measures for me can be those conversations you have, the anecdotal feedback you get, the, um, the corridor conversations with people about how things have landed. You can get a real good gauge for, of how it's landed with people. So, so would you recommend... You mentioned surveys and then obviously that sort of more off the cuff ad hoc qualitative stuff. Would would you recommend a, I don't know, a, a formal external survey or partner or a bit of technology to get in to measure that to measure how you're getting on with it? Or is that a good thing to have? I, I do think, yeah, I do think having a measure is really important. Some some companies do that really well um internally, some do it externally. I mean, we work with Qualtrics. I think having um somebody that can help you with the not just taking the measure, but the data and the insights that that come with that and therefore what it's telling you. I do think that mixture of um, like you said, qualitative is really important as well. So I mean that's obviously one one element of it but how do you know how do you know it's gone well how do you know you've been success how do you know the change has been managed like effectively is is yeah. it or does it ever end or does it can you can you ever make that decision again it, it's dependent on the project you know if if you've got something where uh, for example we were opening a brand new Birmingham uh, building in Birmingham um, and that was quite a big program to manage um, you know, there were some measures that we could see how well that had gone, the engagement with coming and using the building, growing the teams here, the recruitment that we were doing. But it, that is something we continue to grow and to manage. So it really is dependent on the project and on the change that you're managing through. And, and I mean, have you got any specific examples of of things maybe stuff you and your teams have done or things you've seen where it has been and you've gone you know things you've done to really manage something really well and at the end of it you've gone wow that was that was brilliant yeah I managed um with my team the integration of a business so it was the integration of a, a a smaller part of business into the bigger part of the business and anything like that can be quite emotive for people they're quite wedded to where they work and and who they work for so we we knew it was going to be um i suppose quite a challenging change to lead for lead through um but we did exactly those things i talked about you know understanding why we were doing it um keeping that simple and getting people to see the benefits and the changes that we were doing and then also making sure we invested time in the how I see so many people focus on the what and for people it's all about how people make you feel so we've got a a really big plan on that leader-led and and taking people with us and really invested in support we gave them you know well-being support after it and without going into loads of detail that project landed really really well and and it was the conversations with people around it was how it was done it was seeing the benefits it was seeing the benefits that came um and I look at many people that were involved in that now and and so many people of from the, the, the team that integrated have now moved into bigger um bigger roles and have had so much opportunity off the back of it yeah it's a scary time isn't it particularly if it's absorbing other yeah other business units in and we see a lot of companies and clients we work with when two companies can sort of all of a sudden become one company and there's yeah, yeah. obviously we we get 
or our teams get the front end of it sometimes being in recruitment, you know, where yeah. they'll say, I'm leaving because of this. But occasionally you do see it where people, there isn't a, a mass exodus when two businesses emerged and, and it's obviously yeah. when this has been done well. It's, yeah, a lot, a lot of great benefit comes out of it, but you've got to remember it's back to that treating people as individuals. Although you can sit there and see the bigger picture and why something's right to be done for a customer, for the business. It's thinking about how it's going to make people feel um, and how you really help them through that. Thinking, um, you know, pulling the change cycle up and helping people to see where they are going through it um, and how they almost kind of get themselves or how managers and leaders can really help people through that journey. And uh, on that thing, you know, a change cycle. So is, is that more or less, would that be, and I don't know if this is a really um, daft question and it's a really obvious thing, but would that be, you know, a literally like a step-by-step, be it graphic diagram or as to what, you know, what's going to yeah. happen and when? A, a change cycle, actually, I was talking about there, is um, it's linked back to Kubler-Ross and grief management, and it's actually a cycle that everybody goes through when dealing with change. Um, and there's lots of people that, if you Google it and go to images, lots of people have um, made lots of different versions of it. But it's about the stages you go through. So you've got anger, you've got denial, you've got acceptance. And it's interesting. I've even pulled it up myself when I'm going through something as a little reminder of where I am and how it is you get yourself into that next stage it's um for anybody going through any change in their life it's it's definitely worth looking into and being aware of right, i'm gonna write it down is it kubler ross kubler ross so we always ask every guest on the podcast the same question um to end which is um if you were to give one piece of advice to your younger self what would that be it would be don't let other people tell you who you need to be to be successful. And um, like there's a couple of reasons for that. I think I've learned authenticity is really important. And if I go back to my first few management roles and people telling me, you can't be as you are, you have to be this, you have to be that. You know, I battled with um, almost trying to be a completely different person. I think, I think it is important to be self-aware I think it's really important to listen to feedback and to see if it resonates because there's things people can either validate for you or, or maybe bring up in your blind spot. Um, but it's so important just to be yourself and to be authentic and um, to know what your superpower is. You know, being you is your superpower and where your strengths are and really think about how you maximise that as an individual. It's being who you are. I imagine that must massively also help with managing change as well yeah yeah Yeah. be real (laughs) being very real yeah 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 Uh, yeah. and again it's but it's back to that individual piece isn't it you know um people shouldn't be carbon copies of each other everybody's individuals um and it yeah it's so important to think about all the different personalities that that make change great and make an organization great Superb. Well, I think that's um, I think that's everything from us. Um, but like, thanks very much, Sarah. Because I think it's as we said, like I think before we started recording, you know, we were saying that this is it's something that is so important for so many people and so many businesses in every function because there's things that naturally changing all the time. You know, that's the whole like how many businesses' mission statement and vision is bringing things forward and changing, but the actual mechanics and nuts and bolts of how those changes take place isn't doesn't really get 
the, the the attention it deserves I don't think and so it's been a really interesting insight and, and thank you very much for for your time and for giving that um if you you know put you on the spot then one last question if you had one tip to take away then to advise someone on their you know change management program what would what would that be be crystal clear on what it is you're trying to achieve crystal clear get that right first happy days thanks very much thank you thanks for your time Cheers. Right. That's that then. That was easy, wasn't it? So that was our conversation with Sarah Lawton from BT, uh, talking about all things change management. What were your highlights? I really liked what she had to say about being clear on your problem statement at the beginning and what you're trying to fix. I think also often it's quite easy to fall into the pattern of coming up with a solution instantly and not really considering it from other angles. So often you, you think of your solution and then that turns into something a little bit different and then something a little bit different and then that keeps evolving and having that, I suppose, bit of truth to check back on will be a useful thing, won't it? Definitely. What were your highlights? I thought the, I've actually have since Googled it, since our conversation, the old Kubler-Ross um, change model. And um, I think sharing that with people, particularly as a manager, and you know, seeing what stage people are at and then talking people through those stages is um, a really helpful and, and graphic, relatable tool that you can use. Yeah, I think on that as well, it's worth having a look at the Spencer and Adams change model as well. It's quite similar, but it does offer things in a slightly different um, way, but still very good in terms of visual. Right, more further reading. Excellent. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, no, so um, that was it. Thanks very much again, everybody, for listening. Um, please do like, follow us, subscribe to the podcast at The HR Hustle. Um, we are going to be sending out newsletters as well. Um, we've got an email address, which is hrhustle@charltonmorris.com. Um, so if you've got any questions, thoughts, queries, concerns, or just want to leave us any comments, then feel free to get in touch with us via that or by sending us a message on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for another episode, and we'll uh, hear from you soon.